Distazapod, a Q&A episode, always a lot of fun to do. But before I hop in, I wanted to remark on something that I think is truly spectacular about us and what we're doing. Outside of the enormous amount of cash that we were able to collectively put together independently outside of any third-party websites or things like that, that's stunning enough. But what I really have been into lately is this sort of organic mutation that these characters go through. Um, You know, to admit a fault, I sort of launched Action Figure of the Month 2020 without Radic and without Hackerman fully realized. I thought they were fully realized. I was content with the state they were in, but all of the changes that have happened during the campaign and the fundraising, fundraising procedure has made them so much better, and that's been in large part because of feedback and these interesting little sparks of inspiration popping up. And I think the greatest example was earlier today. Um, You know, Michael Scottam's texting me. He has this idea for a new head that's a kind of creature stuck in a bag. And of course, I love it. It, I never thought of Hackerman in, you know, a sort of mutant or monster sort of angle. But it sounds great. He does a sketch. It looks awesome. I share it with you guys. And then I do a live stream and I start coloring and doing paint samples. And you guys are throwing me your inspirations and your ideas. And it it just ended up creating so many more dimensions to a character that, you know, I thought was pretty well established. But, you know, there's there's really a kind of magic in this back and forth. And, you know, doing stuff like the prototype pilot program and having the Patreon base to really bounce stuff off of early. I, I feel like what we're doing now is a new kind of toy company in a lot of respects. And, you know, I, I don't know that there's so much intense back and forth on these things with the public for any other company. I, I'm sort of, I'm hard-pressed to think of an example. I mean, I guess, like, if we think of, like, the Thousand Toys Hellboy you know, people sort of raised hell about the, uh, I think it was the knee joints, and, uh, you know, Thousand Toys actually adapted to that, and they they sort of took the feedback and, and changed it and made it a better figure. Um, but, you know, that's just sort of one example. It's not the way that, like, a, you know, a pretty cohesive chunk of the styling and the figures is coming together. Um, You know, there's also, uh, this hasn't been released yet, but there is uh, a painted head that's coming out soon that was done by Joshua Mike, who's a great customizer and a patron. And, um, you know, it's, it's these little contributions that everybody sort of makes. The money's a big part of it, but the, the sort of, the positive contributions that people make Um, really has given this line a greater life than I think it has on its own. And I really, you know, I'm really hooked on that right now. I think it's a great thing. Now, the downside to that is, um, (laughs) you know, I don't want to sort of walk into, uh, you know, a screaming match of suggestions and everybody has an idea of a figure they want to get made and I get sort of inundated by noise. That would be the downside to that. But for right now, I think we're in a really good space with this. And I think that the the rigors of putting up Radic 
and getting people's feedback and having to defend my choice for him and showing more and more and adapting and doing new paint samples and adding the head of tank that made for a better figure and there's no question that Hackerman in the last 48 hours has made this radical turn into something totally different but still true to the character and the parameters of his story and uh you know i just think that that's that's really remarkable and something i've never seen in the toy making process before and i'm really looking forward to uh what happens next let's hop into patron questions first i always serve my patrons first first up is a great one from chris solis and him and i we're always in lockstep in our inspirations and what we want to see in the line um you know, I think we're around the same age. We like the same lines. We're both Spiral Zone fans. So no surprise that he would ask something that I've actually been thinking about a lot lately and doing concept art for. He said, would a VJ and Hyper Knight two-pack ever happen? A Vector Cop theme for those two would be cool in my opinion. So I, I, the, the Vector Cop is something I have uh, very much been playing with for probably two years trying to figure out how to do it and I sort of I, I get a design I like and I let it sit and marinate and I come back to it and I don't like it recently um, on my way back from Japan I, I had a sort of a scribble fest where I came up with a, a new cop design that I liked um, I'm slowly making progress with this idea it's something I want to do but I really want to do it right and make make it unmistakable as to what it is and and you know a police type character has so much automatic storytelling built in and you want to make sure that's a big narrative part of this world and i want to make sure that it lands in the right way so it's something i'm still capitulating on but um no surprise that uh you're thinking about that too i i hope to get it sorted soon and i do think it would be a multi style theme that would run across different types of figures. James Davis, are we going to see a return to Sub-City soon? I would say no. Sub-City is typically a summer thing, uh, early spring, I guess late spring, summer type of thing. It typically, my inspiration and feelings for Sub-City typically flare up when, you know, it's warm out and the pool is going to be open. Um, that doesn't mean there may not be small missions or dalances in Sub-City throughout the winter, but uh, I don't think we're going to have like a, you know, a big focus on that until uh, next year when it starts to get warm again. Uh, Charlie Wrighton says, AC of AC Toy Designs has some wicked custom knights of Michael Myers, Skeleton, Johnny from Karate Kid, and many others. Have you ever thought of having a customizer spotlight on Distazipod or interview-style conversations? Uh, yeah, I would love to do more of that stuff. I am just sort of always... Uh, uh, you know, spread thin with all with just running the line in the production. So I don't get to do as much of that stuff as I'd like to do. Um, Adam is amazing. He is a patron. I am also a patron of his Patreon, which you guys should be following. Um, he's really one of the best in the game. I can't say enough nice things about him. Um, if you are interested in sort of me and interviews with creatives and customizers and things like that, go look at um, the Staza blog. I believe it's tumblr.com 
www.tumblr.thestazablog.com. My old Tumblr has a ton of interviews with lots of different creative types. Um, It's probably getting near 10 years old at this point, but um, I found that interviewing other creative people was an excellent way for me to figure out what I wanted to do creatively because when I was doing Destaza Blog, um, I, I do not consider myself to be sort of successful in sharing my creative projects and getting out there and getting an audience. I was really struggling for many years. And I found that by interviewing other people who I perceived to have a little bit more success than me, um, it made me better in all respects. And I also learned that the struggle is the same for them. You know, a lot of that is perception. Moving on, Gavin Raider, will we see any erratic material boys in the subsidy supply drop? Any hints? Um, I don't know if there will be material boys, but there will be Radic styles in there and there will be Hackerman styles in there should um, Hackerman get unlocked, which I think he will. Um, the stuff I showed prior to Subsidy Supply Drop opening is just uh, sort of the fan favorite stuff that had been requested along with a couple surprises. That is not everything that will be available. There'll be, you know, a few more items. Um, of which those are, I, I don't know, I'm still sort of laying the tracks on the ground as the train's coming. Um, for leftover October Action Figure of the Month stock, could those be open to a lottery for patrons like Chacon or maybe an additional prize for the Alexander Custom Contest? Uh, so regarding the Alexander Custom Contest, I'm going to push that out pretty far because I realize that some of our international friends have not gotten their Alexanders. So maybe we'll look towards the end of the year to uh, work out the Alexander prizes and, and stuff like that. Because I really didn't even think that, uh, you know, the international patrons who are $25, they're not getting their Alexander. Uh, you know, they some may still be on the way at this point. Um, I would definitely consider doing a lottery for Action Figure of the Month October stock because there's not a lot of them. I, I don't know yet what I want to do. We have a whole bunch of stuff we have to do on the store, including putting up the Vice Knight for patrons. I know that we're behind in doing all that. I can't do any of that stuff until four days pass and the campaign is closed. So there's a huge amount of work that has to be done on the regular store, a lot of commitments I got to fill there, and um, we also have to launch the uh, bonus campaign store, which uh, we're working on. Uh, Will there be an inverted version of October Action Figure of the Month? I thought about it, but it it didn't look too cool when I did a sort of... uh, Photoshop of it. So um, I don't think I would want to dedicate a, a production slot to that because I got a lot of new stuff I want to make. And it's at the end of the day, I don't know that it's worth it. On the topic of Hackerman, if he gets funded, which I think he will, would the orange jumpsuit version be the action figure of the month release? Or would, or would that be for a normal release? Maybe the Meat Man version would be for action figure of the month. How many parts would Hackerman be? Uh, will he have connection pits at the elbows or wrists? Um, so a lot of this I can't answer because I don't know the answer to it. I'm, you know, figuring a lot of this stuff out. Uh, I would say that, um, I can tell you that the connection pits are at the elbow, and right now it works really great with Radic and previous Knights of the Slice figures. It looks like a sort of big heavy glove that they're wearing, so we're really committed to getting the, the cross compatibility right on that. Uh, how many parts will Hackerman be? I, I don't know. I think if he gets funded, 
I will definitely commit to the Slasherman head and the Scottum head. Um, it sort of gets into the a conversation is, of, is this a deluxe two-tool figure? Is this a single-tool figure? I, I don't yet know, but I think we're on track for it to be have quite a few pieces, I would say. Um, regarding the Orange release versus the Meat Man release, um, I don't know. I, I think the Orange will be in the first month of Hackerman, whether that is the first action figure of the month release or it is in the store, I think it will likely slide into one of those um, slots. I, I think that's a pretty safe bet. And I think that Radix, uh, sort of classic look that we've been out there with, that will likely, you know, it'll, they'll kind of come out at the same time. I just don't know yet um, if we're talking about that's the dedicated action figure of the month figure or if it's a general release I, I i you know it's sort of too early to tell at this point um i do want to do the meat ambassador version though definitely yex has some great questions here in the sub city ashcan comic humanoid aquatic creatures are shown amongst de- denizens of the city could you tell us a little bit more about them are they extraterrestrial or native to earth seas a mixture of the two what is their relationship to the cosmology present in the Gospel of the Leviathan? That's a great question. Are they related to the children of the trilobite left behind? Will we ever see toys of them? Uh, to start at the end, I'd love to see toys with that, of them. And I think that the if you guys continue to fund my dreams, I will continue to make all of these weird, obscure characters <laughs> until there are none left. Um, I, there's certain things I don't want to touch on because... I don't want to spoil things, but the background characters are sort of, it's a very intentional thing that they're there. Uh, They are a mixture of extraterrestrial and native to Earth seas. I hope we get to explore what I would like to do under the water in the Earth realm with storytelling and stuff like that, but it's probably a few years off at this point. So uh, hopefully that is a mildly satisfactory half answer for you. Uh, JT says, what's been the biggest difference between the Kickstarter action figure of the month and your self-run action figure of the month? And how likely we are, are we to see future crowd-funded single-figure campaigns such as the Diver? So the biggest difference is it took three times the length to make half the money with uh, half of the people. And it required me working probably 14-hour days since the campaign began. So it's been incre- It's been a thousand times harder, and it's reached less people, and we've had less people enroll, although that's starting to change as of today. We may actually exceed what we did on the last campaign. And um, no surprise, we've been largely ignored by most of the toy media with the Distinct uh, exceptions of Toy Shiz and Toy Galaxy, who are true OGs, and actually people that pay attention to toy news. Isn't it ironic that we have all these toy news sites like Toy Arc and Toy News Eye and, uh, you know, Julius Marx's page, and they, they claim that they report on toy news, but historically, all these sites have ignored my efforts. And I consider what we're doing to be newsworthy. This is pretty insane that we managed to fulfill this goal. Um, Not just in terms of Action Figure of the Month 
for 2019, being on time or early, and delivering what I think most people would consider to be pleasant surprises, uh, but that we fully funded by ourselves. You know, the, this seems like interesting stuff that the toy people in general and the readers of your sites might want to know about, but, you know, I've uh, made a career out of being ignored and found out about later, so no hard feelings there. Um, so, but despite all that, uh, with all that that heavy lifting, there's no question we made the right decision. We did this together. This was way more fun and rewarding, and we are so we're on such a wonderful independent island where now we can do whatever we want, and that's pretty exciting. And this plays into your next question: How likely are we to see future crowdfunded single figures? We are a hundred percent likely. And in fact, what I have to balance out now is: Do we? Do we sort of do a tiny campaign for the diver pretty soon? Or do we wait and do I launch this bigger project that Dowdy and I are working on when it's ready, which probably would be end of the year, I think. So um, I think that now that we've proven this, whenever there is a figure that is in prototype stage that people are clamoring for, I think we can go right to fundraising. And I think within a single day, we can likely get the cash we need to uh, set it up. And we're not talking about $20,000. That's not going to be the goal for these single-figure campaigns. It's going to be whatever the tooling cost is. So, you know, probably ten grand or less. And I think we could do that overnight. And literally, I could show a figure on Monday, and we could begin tooling that figure on a Friday, and it could be in the marketplace within three to five months. And that's insane. We could do something that no other toy company has done with that. So I look forward to kind of thinking about that and exploring it more. Philip asks, what's your favorite Halloween horror toy? Um, boy, that's a great question. Uh, I think the Splatterhouse Rick from Unbox. I'm going to go with that. That's a solid, solid pick. Javier says, we got a Halloween pack. Any plans for the holidays, Christmas, etc.? No, um, Halloween's great. Autumn is great. I love October. It's my favorite month. I, Christmas is okay, but I just, I think the color schemes that we used for this October lend themselves to things outside of the holiday. I think if you do a Santa Claus figure, you're pretty much stuck with it, and um, it's not so cool, you know, on on December 26th. <laughs> You've kind of moved on mentally. But autumn and Halloween type stuff, that's cool for, you know, the entire season. So I, I don't really have any hardcore plans for other holiday stuff. Brett Lawson says, Cyber Mama reminds me a lot of Meryl from Metal Gear PS1. Is she a little homage to the character design? Also can't wait for her. I can't wait either, Brett. We're getting so close. I'm very excited about this. Um, so Meryl was absolutely a huge influence, but not to me. Uh, Meryl was the sort of one of the influences that Dowdy sort of specifically was aiming for with uh, his work on Cyber Mama. He did extensive, extensive uh, tweaks and tools and, uh, you know, new head sculpts and things like that, working with a uh, another person we haven't announced yet. But, um, yeah, Meryl was really his touchstone for what he wanted to achieve. Um, I, I don't think Meryl's that interesting in the whole scheme of uh, Metal Gear. I think they're far better, um, more compelling female leads. I think Ava's one of them. Uh, so for me personally, no, but yes, in the sort of DNA of the, uh, 
her revised head sculpt and things like that. Eric Nussbaum says, why didn't the Halloween Hypernight have his circuits painted under the chest plate like the previous two? I think the green color under his eyes would have been a nice touch. So with every figure, there is a unit cost goal that I'm trying to hit, and I try not to exceed those. Um, if you hold up your Halloween figure next to, um, say, you know, the uh, the Hyper Knights from September, uh, yeah, that's right, um, you can see there's more deco, there's more spray apps, there's more masks involved, and um, I think more colors as well. Uh, also, there is not a, uh, the, the sort of first figures I did, the Noir and Cerulean, those shared a base color, so that made their costing go way down. And uh, that allowed me a little extra couple of cents that I could do the sort of circuitry painting on the inside. Um, not every Hyper Knight moving forward is going to have the circuitry painting on there. There are times when I've made the decision to cut that because it's a superfluous thing that some people may never see. And, uh, you know, I'm always working on my unit costs and trying to deliver something that I think is good for the sort of, you know, for as reasonable of a spend as I can. Uh, a really good example of this historically is the first wave of G.I. Joe figures. And you probably saw this in um, Toys You Grew Up With on Netflix or whatever that show is. But, you know, Snake Eyes has no paint apps because by doing a single solid figure, they brought the entire unit cost on every figure down. You have to sort of amortize every cent you're spending on every style and make sure that you're hitting a certain metric. And um, for me, I, you know, the budget is everything. I, I do often sort of break budgets, you know, like our Chacon month in Action Figure of the Month was so much more expensive than I spent on any other month, but it was important for me to do. Um, but, you know, I do have very set targets that I'm trying to reach with each figure. And um, that's why you will see Paint Deco uh, on some things, not be on others. Quentin Russo says, Alexander reminds me of Osmandius from Watchmen. Will we ever see the man behind the mask? I think I recall you hinting at something. Yes, I would very much like to get... I would love to do a head sculpt of pre-mummification Alexander. And who's to say that he doesn't become unmummified or sort of uh, undehydrated at some point? We don't know. Um, but yes, I know what Alexander looks like, and I'm very much looking forward to getting there. But I haven't done any work in that direction, so it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a hot minute. Cliff Uchida, will there be any Material Boys for the Hyper Knights? Yes, absolutely. Rest assured, there are some, and they'll make their way to you guys at some point in the future. Haven't decided yet how to do that. I actually have a little bit of a stockpile of Material Boys for a couple different figures that I'm trying to figure out a good way to uh, disseminate them. Hopping back to Quentin Russo with another question. Buddy Cop 2-pack, hard-boiled slash black rain vibes. Need a suit, obnoxious t-shirt, could do a vice theme. Uh, this is a maybe. Uh, I think I've mentioned I've we've been working on a suit for a while. I think we're getting pretty close to being done with it. Um, it still needs a lot of like polish and 
a couple sort of gimmicky selling points. But the uh, the basic concept is there, and I think it's a figure we will likely get to in uh, 2020. Now we are moving on to Facebook questions from the non-patrons, the naughty, naughty non-patrons who don't actually love me. Rick Stigler, what inspired Hackerman? Like Raddick and Rex, was he always a character of yours? Is the name a double entendre? Is he a computer hacker and a slasher-style killer? Also, do you like thrash metal? Uh, To answer the last question first, I don't like thrash metal. I think the heaviest music I like uh, is probably Refused. Um, I just don't have the ear for a lot of... uh, uh, you know, the metal genre, if you will. Uh, in, in terms of what inspired Hackerman, so Hackerman is, he is more of a synthesized archetype than he is a specific old hero or character. Um, I've always liked army builders. Uh, I'm sure all of us have our own personal favorite army builders. You know, maybe it's when the Clone Wars really came out and, and they started ramping up, you know, just buying a million clone troopers, um, you know, maybe it's further back than that with something like Air Raiders, you know, that was a, a really easy and cheap way to build an army of figures. Um, I knew I always wanted to do a army builder and I knew that I wanted him to be in a jumpsuit and I knew that I wanted him to not just have a military angle, but also a figure that could look like a civilian who is just sort of doing maintenance on Sub-City or, uh, you know, doing maintenance on a uh, on a power conduit or things like that. So that was sort of my metrics and ideas for what this character could be. And uh, I'm very happy with how he came together. The name is a sort of double entendre. Um, Hackerman was just supposed to be his his sort of working title as we were sculpting him, and it ended up just kind of sticking and working and and sort of working within the idea for the Vector and him as an opposing force to Radic. Don Data Dub Kratzer. Night of the Slice, Dunny rumor true? Question mark. Um, it's not true, but would I take money from Kid Robot and from Joel and their operation and uh, use that royalty to fund more toys? Sure, do it in a heartbeat. Even though I personally don't collect Dunnies. Jason Rushlow, whatever happened to the first Vector Knight? He traveled back to meet the Knights, and we never saw him again. So sure are you that we never saw him again? Question mark. Next question. Gavin Rader, on a live stream a few weeks back, you were finishing the first test-painted version of Radic. You were bagging Hyper Knights, removing heads, tossing them into a box. I recall you muttering something to one of the guys in the room. These will go to so-and-so for a bonus when they buy in the web store. It wasn't an exact translation. My question is, the Hyper Knight from the Halloween 2-pack did not come with a bald head. Will we get a crack at it? If so, when and where? Or is it a decon special thing? If so, who is the mystery painter of this elusive bald head? Or is it already painted? Is it also Halloween themed? Perhaps the skull painted over the face. So 
I I get questions like this a lot, and I think they're fair questions. But, um, and this sort of touches on you know the um, the sort of chest deco question earlier under the uh, the armor on the Hyper Knight. Um, the first release of a figure is probably going to be the one with the most paint apps and the most accessories. But as production rolls on, I have other uses for things like heads, accessories. Um, you know, if you look at like the Device Ninja Caliber kit, that's been used in a lot of different things, particularly on O'Neill's site. You know, the Caliber kits have been run by themselves and you know, used to uh, upgrade things like the Rift Killer body and things like that. So I would really encourage people to not be so linear in their thinking that every single release of a Hyper Knight is going to include three heads and it's going to include a deco underneath the uh, chest piece and it's going to, you know, meet this initial version. Um, and I would also use it as an example Desert Rat. Our first couple styles of Desert Rats came with three heads, came with the guns, and then slowly but surely I started to reuse those heads in other places, like, uh, you know, the Frankenslice uh, utilized a blonde Desert Rat head. Um, also another great example of this is the Rift Killer, which originally came with the Human Rex quote-unquote head. And then eventually those heads got diverted and they started being used in this great series called Micros that everybody seems to like so much. So you have to understand that different, different compartments of different tools get utilized for different things at different times. Uh, that being said, that, you know, I have uses for the things that may appear to be absent. Um, a lot of times they still get bagged with the corresponding figure. So that requires pulling them out in the workshop, you know, separating them and resealing them. This happens with almost everything we do, including, uh, you know, uh, things like uh, the old knight not coming with his sword and having to cut open an accessory pack, pull the sword out, put it back in and re-back. This happens all the time. Um, you sort of, you can always request that these things get separated, but you never really know until the goods arrive if China's sort of followed your instructions. So there's always a lot of adding and subtracting and rebagging and things like that. Um, I would just say trust in what I'm doing in that these heads or accessories that get diverted, there's a very strategic use for them. And, uh, you know, they will be available to everybody at a certain point. Gavin also asks, will there be a vote on our Radic designs? Um, maybe. I want to get through the campaign first, and I want to get through the uh, Backer Kit store. But I could see a, a future where we do a Radic design, not unlike what we did with Vice Knight. Um, however, I would want to give people ample heads up, because I, I can already feel, I have my ear to the ground, and I already feel there's going to be a lot of heartbroken people about the Patreon Vice Knight exclusive, even though I broadcasted for a month in advance that we were going to do it, and it only cost a dollar to join in X, Y, and Z, I know there's going to be uh, a lot of flack for that, so I would want to get to a quiet period uh, where 
we want to push patron enrollment, which is not right now. We're not focused on that. We're focused on fundraising and then the eventual bonus store. Um, so I just need time to kind of lay that stuff out. And, and once we do, uh, I think we could circle back and, and think about a, a vote for Radic Design. I think that would be cool. Same for Hackerman, assuming we unlock him. Philip Barrara, what is your favorite Transformers toy? Uh, when I was a kid, it was Fangry, the headmaster. It was one of the only expensive, by my standards anyway, expensive Transformers that I had. I love the color scheme. I love the weird Bat-Wolf character. Um, present day, I would say the Henkai, or Henkei Classics Ironhide. Um, I just felt like the Classics line, especially the Japanese Henkai ones that were sort of had better deco and chromed weapons. Just felt like it was such a great modern version of a character I love and that I always wanted in a super articulated form. Mark Goldberg says, any chance of Japanese Yokoi head pack for Device Ninja, Yamabushi Tengu, Oni Devil, etc. Um, I think this is a good idea, but I'm not really proficient at the yokai and I don't have a ton of knowledge so it would require a lot of research for me and I think that typically I gravitate towards things that I have some level of expertise on when it comes to like choosing motifs or kind of avenues to go down so I think this is one of the more interesting suggestions I've gotten but um, I may not be the right guy to sort of articulate that snake pike says how does the slime comic play into the overall knights of the slice mythos Will we be seeing a pick of the Grasshopper head anytime soon? Even though Decon is going to be a smaller con for you, are you going to have any reveals? Uh, are you ever going to go back to the pizza-making streams? Uh, yes, I would like to. Um, also, will the subsidy supply drop be upfront pay, or will it be done as the packages get shipped? To answer the last question first, it will be paid upfront the same as our campaign, which I know is not ideal. But people should understand that when we utilize a third-party service that like Kickstarter to let you to give you a more a bigger window to pay, we end up losing profit by doing that because they got to get paid too. So um, moving back up is D, uh, even though Decon is going to be smaller, am I going to have reveals? I think so. I, I in truth, me and Nikki have not sat down yet and talked about Decon, even though it's fast approaching. We're just trying to get through the next four days or so and get this campaign wrapped up, and then we're going to put our heads together on it. Um, will we be seeing a pick of the Grasshopper Head anytime soon? Uh, it's tough to say. I, I, If I'm reading into your question, I guess you want to know if you're going to see the Grasshopper Head before you have to order it on the bonus store. I don't know how the timing's going to work out. Um, I can say you will definitely see the grasshopper head before the end of the year, if that makes a difference. But I, it's hard to tell at this moment if people would have seen the grasshopper head by the, before the subsidy supply drop store closes, and I don't know the answer to that. Timing is really in flux <clears throat> and very tight on that uh, item at the moment. And as far as the slime comic, how does it play into the Knights of Slice mythos? Um, sometimes I just kind of float random old ideas and I wait for the connective point 
to to pop up, to bubble to the surface. So I don't actually know. Um, but we are starting to get into space and interplanetary travel as established with Action Figure of the Month October. Um, so I think it'll loop back around in a really great way, as these things often do. Uh, moving on, will you ever make a fan color version of a figure, or are those posts always just for fun? Uh, no, I think that there is, I think it's, it's hard to do a fan color necessarily because there's so many of them to choose from, and I also, my ideas are always going to take precedence over your ideas, no offense to anyone. Um, but I think that, uh... I don't know if they've been released yet, but the, yeah, I mean, there. I know for a fact there is one fan-generated thing uh, that's coming up relatively soon, probably before the end of the year. Uh, and then also, like, the, the Vice Hyper is a fan design. I guess, technically, the initial nugget of an idea was not designed by a fan. But, um, yeah, I think that, you know, if it hasn't already happened, which I would be surprised if it hasn't um yeah fan colors of a figure will at some point happen uh, but probably not as often as people would like adam kenyon if you could have any glios accessory in place of a hand the functional version not just a plastic piece what would it be obviously a chainsaw hand and obviously double chainsaw hands i think uh i think that's pretty apparent Jason Rushlow says, was there a certain inspiration behind the Halloween 2-pack? I went into depth about this on the Patreon Distazapod earlier this week. So um, I really don't want to go over it all over again, but I would say that uh, the Hyper Knight is based on quite a few things. Reese's Pieces, the... Uh, retail chain Caldor and a Bronco diecast truck I had as a kid. And Chacon is based on uh, old Halloween masks from the 60s and 70s. This was an idea that Robert Cross loved because he is a huge fan of those as well. Uh, and also kind of approximating what he would look like if he stepped under a black light at a discotheque. So uh, if you want the longer version, there is quite an in-depth dive on those two items on uh, this past week's Patreon-exclusive Distazapod. 